Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the WP Builds Podcast. This episode is entitled How to Get Paid More with Brent Weaver Part 2 and it was put on the website, published if you like, on the 23rd of November 2017. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England and I'll be joined later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. As always, please go to the podcast player on the website wpbuilds.com and click on the buttons give us an itunes review if you want to go to the facebook group it's wpbuilds.com forward slash facebook and we've got a great deal of discussion and fun stuff going on in there forward slash subscribe if you want to sign up to our newsletter and if you want to advertise on the podcast it's forward slash advertise now at the moment we do have a competition going on um, and if you go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash win you'll be able to see the, the competition which is there at the moment. It's to win two business licenses of the extended widget options plugin. It's going for another week so it'll be running out uh, basically a week from today that, that I'm saying this these words into this microphone. So yeah, go and check it out, fill out your name and email and so on and so forth. And you might give yourself one of the business licenses that's up for grabs over there. Um, The other thing to say is I've noticed that my audio is incredibly echoey at the moment. Now, the reason for this is a personal thing. I've moved rooms and I've basically got myself in a room with utterly shiny walls with nothing on them. Um, And there's not a lot I can do at the moment. I could put a bag over my head or something. But aside from that, I'm not going to improve things. So anyway, that's how it goes. So apologies for the echoey noise. You might get that for the next few weeks until I go out and buy some furniture. So news items then. The first one is obviously it's Black Friday tomorrow. And if you go over to wpbuilds.com forward slash black hyphen Friday hyphen 2017, we've got a great big list, just like everybody else on the entire internet does at this time of year, of things that I've found. Now, my criteria here is that I use them. I have used them. I use them. And so I can sort of say, yes, I think this is actually worth having. Um, I know that you can find lots and lots of web pages where I don't know whether people have used them or not, but I've definitely used all of these so I can I can vouch for their authenticity and and use. Okay, so the next item is over at, um, well, it's the Post Status uh, blog, and it's an interview with Matt Mullenweg. Now, Matt, obviously, he's the co-founder of uh, WordPress. He gives a, a fairly lengthy interview with Brian over there, and he talks about new 4.9 WordPress features, the Gutenberg editor, um, all sorts, the, the decision um, about React and WooCommerce, Jetpack issues that they're facing and so on and so forth, lots and lots. And he's obviously the person to listen to if you want to keep abreast of what is actually going to be happening in WordPress. So go check it out. 
I'll put the links in the show notes. Right, the next one is an interesting project called Project or Tide Project. And the idea of this little thing is that when you go to the WordPress repo to install a plugin, you're not only going to get a user score in the future, but the idea is that you'll also get something called a Tide score. And the Tide score is going to be a sort of automated um, process whereby the code's quality is going to be vetted and a score applied in the same way, a sort of five-star review. Um, now, this is being put together by all accounts, by um, people from Automatic, people from WP Engine and uh, Google. So this could be really interesting. Obviously, you know, if there's a five-star review from users, but there's only a one-star review from the, the code, the automated code testing, that could be something that you want to keep out, um, keep, keep out of the way of in the future. This will be fascinating. I'd love to know whether this actually comes around. Obviously, it's all in beta and people are just sort of mooting the idea, but worth, worth following, I think. Okay, and the last piece of news is apparently there, there's been a little bit of a problem um, with 4.9, WordPress 4.9 Tipton, in that we've had problems being able to see temp page template displays in the template dropdown in the file editor, um, sorry, in the, uh, the WYSIWYG editor and so on, well, the, the post editing screen, if you like. Um, and there's just a little article here about why it happened, how it's been identified and, and what's going to be done. It's, quite, it's only about 20 lines long, but it just gives you a little insight into some feature um, about WordPress that I didn't know. So maybe go and check that out. Right, okay. So as always, when we've now got this new format that we're going to be sticking to. The first thing is that David and I are going to have a little bit of a discussion. Then we're going to talk with Brent Weaver, the second part, which is a much more confessional, personal talk. And then finally, the little ending fact where David and I talk for a further minute or two just to round things off. And then, of course, some cheesy music. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Today's topic is on automatic updates. Now, Nathan, this really comes from you because you posted an article really from WPMU devs on the new plugin that they'd released, which does this. And you posted that in our own WP Builds Facebook group. But also there was another article which saw, which is quite recent as well by WP Shout as well, where they were talking about doing the same with a free plugin. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about that. So Nathan, what do you think about these automatic update plugins? Um, I have, I, I guess we could talk about two different things that we should separate out two things. The first mm. one is this is not talking about WordPress core. I think um, WordPress core, I, I cannot personally see a reason not to have that as automatically updating. I think that's um, a very sensible thing to do. I understand there is a slight mm. risk that that can break things, but let's just get that out of the way. I, I put I put that on auto autopilot, but this is yeah. talking about third party plugins from the WP repo mm. or you know that you've downloaded from uh, wherever on the internet. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. WPMU Dev, as part of their suite of products, released um, a new product recently, which has the name Automate. And the intention of this is to literally update everything without you without doing anything at all. So the idea being, I guess, it polls uh, the database once a day or 
however often I, I confess I've not been in and installed it myself mm. and we'll find out why soon and then it mm. must just work out okay three things need updating update them and then it does it automatically now that to me just seems fraught with danger it just seems like almost suicidal now obviously if you've got one website um, and you're only maintaining one or maybe two um, that seems that would be okay because you've got the capability to go in and mend things and fix things that get broken but if you've got 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 uh, you know the, the chances of this breaking things are far too great for me to trust any plugin what do, what do you think yeah i'm the same i mean the i think there's some difference between the free plugin which uh wp shout points out which is called automatic plugin updates so that's freely available and the one um that you mentioned which is the you know wpmu dev one which i think the WPMU dev one allows you to decide which you're going to um, turn on. And I think maybe, maybe you know better than me, we should have checked this out before. I think it also allows you to um, select which type of update. So I think major updates can be prevented from uh, updating and just the ones. I think you're right. Or, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So it's maybe got something. But yeah, we had a bit of a discussion, I think, in, in the Facebook group as well on this because, you know, we're talking about is this the end of our care plans and our maintenance plans? You know, will clients be able to do this for themselves? And, well, I think my first thought was because you were only sharing the MU dev one at <laughs> the MU. Uh, it's. It actually wasn't going to do that because it cost them too much, really, to to get that plug in. I think it's forty nine dollars in it a month. So yeah, forty nine dollars for the to yeah. buy into that. Um, yeah, the whole suite. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I I can't see me doing it at all. And it's really interesting for me because I think you know I've been like nearly well just over ten years I think with WordPress, and I've never heard this mentioned before. In fact, I think I remember when WordPress, and it's quite recently, uh, started doing its own automatic updates. Right. Yeah. Because um, that's only kind of a new thing to make sure it happens for security. So it seems an odd thing that we're talking about it now, just as we're moving towards Gutenberg, where perhaps for the first time we could break backwards compatibility with WordPress. Yeah. So, I mean, I it, to me, it, it sort of speaks of just probably agencies wanting to do things more quickly um, mm -hmm. and on the face of it it sounds like a very attractive proposition you know you click a button select a few boxes select the level of updates that you want and just let it run in the background um, now in all honesty it has been a very long time since an update of a plugin broke anything so there is that you know and also I suppose it very much depends upon the quality and the trust that you put in the plugins that you install. You know, if you're going to install a four-year-old yeah. plugin that hasn't been updated for a long time, and if it does suddenly get updated, maybe there's going to be problems. But if, you know, if you're... A good example would be Beaver Builder, um, which, I, to be honest, I, I would entirely trust that to automatically update because... I've done my due, due, due diligence there. I trust mm. them not to break things. But it's all those other little quirky ones that you might have there that might just break something. Now, to be fair to WPMU Dev, obviously you can, as we said, switch those on and switch them off. But also they do go a little step further, which is they, they have this technology where they take a screenshot 
of the sites mm. before they update things and then they do a comparison with a screenshot after. Now, I don't know if it's like a pixel by pixel comparison, you know, so if the text moves mm. two pixels down, does that count as um, some sort of failure or is it that just things are missing? You know, there's big white spaces. And the idea with that is that it then alerts you if there's a significant difference, I guess. But still, yeah. to me, that's too late. The, the damage has been done and at that point, your time has been wasted. Now, I, like you, use um, a product called MainWP, um, which is a bit like ManageWP. It's, it's one of those um, plugins, or in ManageWP's cases, it's a software as a service. It allows you to go into a website and automatically update everything on every website by clicking a button. But the difference there, I suppose, is that you're, you're there at the point that the button is clicked, and you can then go and check. And what I usually do when I update things is I do tend to update them all in one go. I don't in, I don't update this plugin, wait. Update this one, yeah. wait. I go and update mm. all 10, all eight, what, however many it is on that day. And then I go around the site and just check a few pages, like the home page and the About Us page. And what I, that's just my process. And if that all yeah. looks fine, I work on the basis that it's fine. Um, but I'm there at the point when it's going wrong. Um, yes. So I think that's an important thing for me to save me time. Yes, I ruled it out um, as an option because I use the same system. So I go in there to check other things as well, yeah. like uptime and also check for spam in, in comments as well uh, in the system. So I'd still have to go in there um once a, well actually it's my wife who does it uh, so there's actually no saving because i have to go into main wp anyway and, mm. and check on the sites i might as well click that big button that says update so adding these plugins but i, I guess would you think you would ever give this to say a client who's not going to come on your care plan and receive your updates Do you know it's really interesting because i was writing some comments and it occurred to me that you might end up getting business by installing this plugin or these plugins because sure as anything, it, it won't be too long. I mean, you might get a year or something, but it won't be too long until something does go wrong. And then when it yes. does go wrong, they, they must go somewhere um, and presumably they'll come back to you. So oddly, um, for somebody who doesn't want to leap onto your care plan, it might be the very thing which gets you some more work. Um I just don't know. For me absolutely I've I've ruled it out. I will I cannot see that I will ever do this. Um I I don't yeah. know. I mean interestingly, you know, you've got platforms like WP Engine and they're they're one of their USPs, one of their selling points is that they will fix things that get broken. And I wonder yeah. will they fix this if you if you automatically update everything is that going to be part of their promise? Do you think, or do you think that's asking too much? Oh wow, I don't know. I didn't even know they did that, to be honest. Yeah, I don't um, know if it's to do with updates or just security. Um, yeah. But they they promise to sort of fix things. But I could well have sort of misjudged where <laughs> the lines of that are. It might be simply, you know, there's a, there's been a hack and we'll repair that, as opposed to things have gone wrong. Uh, we'll fix that. Yeah, I love the idea actually of put installing this now on clients who won't come onto a care plan because yeah, I think you're right. It will it will mean that they will come to you. Whereas what I know um, through looking at sites that we've let people go, which we used to do all the time, they just don't update anything. So unless they get hacked, 
they just carry on as normal with no issues. So there's um, there's an interesting line right there. Is it better to have a site which is potentially going to break, but mm. is at least patched and is up to date in terms of security, than a mm. site which is going out of date, is potentially insecure, and may be a sort of breeding ground for... Um, you know, WordPress malware and and things like that in the future. I don't know. There's a, that's an interesting point. Maybe maybe we're coming around to installing it after all. <laughs> yeah, in, that, in some ways, I've changed what I do as well. So it might not happen so much because they now customers who go off they don't get my licenses on their software, so they have to take more responsibility for their site. So it probably that might solve a problem I no longer have in the future. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I it, think I might use it for that. <laughs> it's also a question of education, isn't it? Because it, yeah. in in the best out, the best outcome is that the client, I suppose, gives the responsibility to you and you update things and make jolly sure that they're in good working order. That's not always going to happen. So, yeah. you know, at least another outcome of this is that um, they are going to be updated. But, it, it you know, it's incumbent upon us to, to educate our clients that um, that things are going to go wrong. Plugins are written by humans. The code is going to have vulnerabilities in it and problems. And so it's a bit like having a car. You know, you're not allowed to drive it around without some insurance because stuff goes wrong and accidents happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a difficult sell. In the past, I've I have found it quite difficult to sell care plans just because well it's built it's fine it works and i've used the car metaphor many many times but it doesn't always wash because the client often just wants to get out the door and have the site up there so yeah who knows i don't know for me it's a no yeah it's a no for me and actually i've just thought of something which is really i mean they pay me and in fact today i sent out my monthly report which i do to clients who are on our care plan and and it's telling them about the fact that that things are going to change because the beaver builder 2.0 is out so things are going to look different and i think you know that's going on all the time you you need to watch change logs don't you get lazy if you just let it auto update yeah and some of those can be quite important things i mean um yeah, one good example here is I use WP Rocket. And if I didn't look at their change logs at all, I wouldn't realize that they added things like uh, you can turn off the emoji uh, JavaScript or whatever that goes with yeah, that, yeah. which I used to use a plugin for. And they've also added database clearing and stuff like that. All of these things that if I didn't look at the change logs and keep a track of these things ahead of time, wouldn't know about. Yeah, it's got to be built in, hasn't it? This, you know, if you are going to update clients' websites, yeah. there has to be a cost involved um, because you do need to spend time reading that stuff. And I do that as well. I read, yeah. I read the, the, I confess I don't read every word. If I've got the gist of it, I'll click, okay, go, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but I yes. do read the change logs. Um, but like I say, I've sort of slimmed down what, what plugins are installed. So hopefully. Um, yeah. This isn't going to go too wrong. So it's a no from me and it's a no from you. Okay, it here is. we go. <laughs> so we move on to your interview. Yep. Okay, here it comes. Hi there. Thanks for joining us for this part two with um, Brent Weaver from YouGurus. Now, if you were with us last week, you'll uh, you'll have heard Brent talking about his YouGurus business, why he set it up, what uh, what it does, how it operates, and why um, why you should join and what you're going to benefit from if you how you're going to benefit if you join up today the the idea is something completely different if you like it's a bit more of a confessional it's um, I want to get to know Brent the person not so much talk about his business so um, yeah 
So to begin with, Brent, I'm not going to get too personal, but could you run through for us? Because people like me have no idea, genuinely no idea what people like you actually do. When you when you wake up in the morning and get to the office, what what is your what does your typical day actually involve? Mm, like you want me to start with once I get to the office, or let's what go I'm with doing the office. Before the- <laughs> <laughs> wherever wherever it becomes acceptable to start off. Yeah. Well, so I have, and I, we were just talking about this kind of in the off air part, but I have a, a three year old and I have an eight month old. So usually, um, you know, I have the, the 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 good fortune of not having to use an alarm to wake myself up. Uh, but the <laughs> the the other side of that coin is that wake up is usually somewhere between five and six a.m. Uh, this morning it was 3 a.m. because my son is a little bit under the weather. He didn't eat dinner last night, and so we were having uh, 3 a.m. waffles at the uh, the kitchen table uh, this morning. So it was a, it was a very early day, uh, but then. Uh, you know, from there, I mean, I, I definitely was connect with my family, eat breakfast with my my wife and my kids in the morning. And then um, if I'm going into the office, uh, then I basically, you know, I, I ride my bike. Um, oh, to the nice. Office. So I, I, I don't, uh, I personally have a car. We have a family car. So I'm, I'm like 100% bike unless I'm going somewhere with my wife and kids. Um, so I'll bike in, uh, which is always nice, kind of gets my heart rate up, gets me moving. And, uh, and yeah, get in and just kind of start cranking at it. I mean, I, I currently sit. Um, in, in what we call our visionary seat. So a lot of my day-to-day work uh, revolves around, um, you know, creating content for our community, responding to, to specific subject matter related um, types of things, training or supporting our mentors, um, doing kind of company spokesperson stuff like being on podcasts, hosting our podcast. So uh, creating a lot of content I have with our, our very new program that we're currently working on. Uh, I'm doing a lot of one-on-one kind of coaching and product development simultaneously, kind of customer and product development. And uh, so I'm doing a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, one-on-one time with customers right now, which I love. And, um, and yeah, and then, you know, a couple of meetings during the week uh, with team members and, uh, yeah, just, um, the other thing actually I do internally is I oversee our sales team. So, you know, we'll usually be checking in with our, our sales reps and strategists, a um, couple times throughout the week to make sure that they're they've got everything that they need and all that kind of stuff. Do you keep office hours? Do you try do you try to go home at the right time and then just switch <laughs> off, or is that just a complete nonsense? If if I'm not at home ready to take <laughs> the kids by five oh one, like I'm getting, you know, my my phone's getting blown up by my wife. <laughs> Unless I, I, I'd actually say most days she's probably already she's calling me at four thirty just to tell me if I haven't started heading home. I need to. Um, so I kind of I you know I typically I work very you know traditional business hours, kind of eight thirty ish to nine in the morning to um to about five five in the afternoon. Um two days a week I'll train on my bike and so I'll do like three hour rides, like maybe like from two to five. So sometimes that's Tuesday, Thursday, sometimes it's Wednesday, Friday, sometimes it's Monday, Thursday. Are you serious? Um, yeah. Wow. On, on when I can get those rides in. But you know, I'll try to get some 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 time, you know, where I'm working out but also i'm thinking about stuff related to work i'm kind of chewing on some problems or sometimes my team will get calls where i'm clearly on a bike and i'm like hey <laughs> i was just thinking about this thing for our event like you know can you make sure you go do this this and this you know so so i you know i call it it's on my bike time but it's really like it's my me processing time so that's that's always a, a key part of the week i think that's really great i i am terrible at keeping office hours i i work really abstract times of the day you know 
if if my kid wakes me up at three o'clock, I could easily start working and then do four hours and then go back to bed. And then, you know, I, I, I'm just not very practical and, and focused like that. It works for me, but um, I, I, I do, I, I would love to be more like you, I think, and have kind of normal office hours. Um, when you, when you, so this is kind of related to the business, but it's more about what's going on in your head. Um, when you transitioned between your agency and your current um, you, you gurus um, business, um, were there moments of like freaking out where you were just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? This could go horribly wrong. Or, or, or are you just that kind of guy? Are you confident and you measured it, did the business plan, weighed it up and, and all of that? Well, I could probably, you know, confidence is probably one of, you know, when, when I've asked my wife, like, what are three traits that you, you know, you see in me, right? Confidence is always something that I've, I've heard from her and, mm. and other people. So that's there. Did I measure it? Uh, probably not. So I'm, I'm very, <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit higher risk tolerance. And, you know, just as long as I can squint my eyes and see a general image, you know, 10 miles out, I'll be like, all right, cool, let's, let's do this thing. Um, one, one of the unexpected things when we trans, when I transitioned from, you know, selling my agency and then starting this business was a good deal of my, uh, my personal identity, I think was wrapped up in who I was with that business and in our clientele. I mean, we had about 300, uh, businesses that we, we managed their, their web and marketing for a lot of them were in the local Denver area. And so every time I'd go to events, I mean, we had a ton of restaurants locally that were clients and we were doing like all of their digital marketing. And I mean, these are places that I continued to go to, but I was no longer in that capacity. And mm. so I think it was, it was kind of interesting for me just, and it took a while, I think for me to kind of shed that, shed that, that, uh, that skin, um, and really realize that, you know, that wasn't my business. And also like, you know, your business is not you, right. Even though, you know, I'm very much our kind of face of the company, uh, today, but that lesson I think has, has been really important to me to, to make sure that there's, you know, there's Brent, the individual, the human that's, that's totally separate from our business and the work that I do. And then there's, you know, Hey, I'm Brent, the visionary. I'm, I'm sitting in this seat. I'm, I'm leading this company and leading this community. And, and those are, you know, while they're interrelated, they're not all the one, the same thing. And I've had friends that, exited and sold companies and um you know sometimes that transition has been extremely hard on them mm. of that they had a lot of their identity and a lot of their self-worth wrapped up in the business they got a big check for it one day and then it took them you know they fell into a pit of depression or they they had a, a challenge you know finding their next thing because of that that separation do you, you you mentioned your, the the fact that you are a very confident person i'm guessing that is probably a feature of your entire life but do you because of the fact that you're instructing people, you're telling people um, how they can improve things, you obviously have to believe that. Do you ever suffer from a crisis of confidence or that imposter syndrome or any any of those those things? Sure. Yeah. I um. I mean, I think that kind of stuff always happens, especially if and if you're not feeling that at some level. Um, you know, maybe you're not pushing yourself enough, and maybe I'll, mm. I'll speak more from from personal experience than than saying the you know the you or try to give people advice. But I've definitely been in situations regularly where I go into a room of entrepreneurs, and you know I'm I'm the smallest business in the room, or I'm the least experienced in a specific topic or thing, and I have that feeling of being like the new kid at mm. school. And I think that that's that's okay. And I think what I've maybe learned over time is that. Um, 
there's a, a guy named Cameron Harold. Um, he's written a, a few books, and, and one of them just calls attention to this entrepreneurial ro- roller coaster, and he maps it out really well. And I think it's uh, I think his book is Double Double, where he goes into it, and um, it's it's great because it's it's like look, you're you're on the roller coaster. And so if you're on the roller coaster, that's a good thing. That means you're in business and you're you're giving this whole thing a go. But but the also the truth of it is that if you're on the roller coaster, like everybody, every business owner, every entrepreneur is going to go through these peaks and valleys. And and that his framework, when I learned that from him a few years ago, it just gave me a framework of of how to identify like am I in a crisis of meaning? And that's going to happen to you. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Maybe it's once every <laughs> couple of years. You know, you're going to have these 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 peaks and valleys. And he calls like like when you're going up up the the roller coaster, uninformed optimism. Right? You're going up. Uh, you're like, this is great. This is great. You start coming over the top, and and now it's like informed pessimism. Right? So now you're now you know what you don't know. Right. And then you, you go down into that slump and it's that crisis of meaning. Do you come out of that or do you crash and burn? And then as you start coming back up that next, that next hill, you, you move into uh, informed optimism where you know now what you didn't know previously and you can now kind of start to feel optimistic because yeah. you you know what it's like to go over that hump again yeah. um, but then you know as you start going up to that next big hump then of course you you go back into uninformed optimism and you start to get all like oh this is gonna <laughs> be the best thing ever again. and then you go over the top you're like oh my god what have i done right so so like we have an event coming up and and we have twice as many people coming out to our event that's in like three weeks than we did before, um, than we did last year, right? And so, okay. yep. you know, I would I would put myself at the, you know, I'm kind of at that informed pessimism, like we've had to like really <laughs> stretch ourselves. And I'm, and, you know, and I'm sure as I get closer to the event or once I'm there and I'm, 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 you know, having fun with people and all that kind of stuff. But of course, I have those worries of like, is everything going to go all right? Are people going to enjoy it and have fun? I mean, I think there's this other voice in my head that's like, heck yes, we're putting all this work into it. They bought tickets they trust us and then there's that other voice that's like you know just the concerned worried kind of parent yep. right yeah, it's yeah like, that's a good one you know? <laughs> yeah, i like it yeah um okay so flipping completely unrelated um at any point in your life um tell us about something which just went really badly wrong that you kind of wish that you could unpick and detangle and and just you know do it all over again Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> Shall I come back good, to that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I have a lot of stuff, um, you know, related to, to, to business is probably easy to pull from. Yeah. Um, you know, I think probably, you know, it's kind of weird that I would undo. I mean, I definitely, you know, I, in my twenties, I, uh, I, I, I partied a lot. I went out a lot. I was, you know, very, very active from, you know, 10 PM to, to 5 AM or something like that. Um, and you know, I, and I don't like, I don't drink or do anything anymore. Right. It's like, I've just kind of like kicked that part out of my life. Um, and so, so I think that's part of, for, for me, what growing up was, I just realized like, I'm either, like I'm either a hundred percent in on something or I'm a hundred percent out on something. And, and so that's been like a very big learning experience. Like would I take that away from myself? Absolutely not. But I think that that's, um, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges that I've overcome in my life. Is, that's a is good a- answer. Oh, I like that. Oh, I think that's a really intelligent answer. That's cool. Um, right. A few more, um, uh, before we wrap up, um, the, the constant line I think somebody like you has to tread 
is you have to you have to present as sincere and authentic. Um, is that hard sometimes? Um, because at the end of the day, you know, you've got to make a living out of this stuff. Do you do you find sometimes you've got to really think very very carefully about the words that come out of your mouth to shape them and to make them feel positioned correctly, or do, do you do you just have that in you? You know what you say can be off the cuff. Because you, you come across to me, um, I heard you on Lee Jackson's podcast, and you genuinely, you came across as sincere and authentic. And I wondered if that was um, a, a natural gift that you had. Hmm. I, you know, I mean, at first I have to recognize that where we, we what we do right now, um, in, in the time that we do it and in the fortune that I've had doing this work. And I'm not talking like, I, I don't live on some crazy, like, you know, multi-million dollar house with a yacht or whatever. I mean, I, pr- I live a pretty frugal and, and lean lifestyle. Um, but this is an amazing time that we live in. So I, I guess I feel like, uh, what I do is, is, is really a gift to, to me and, and those yeah. around me. And yeah. so I don't, you know, if, 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 uh, if this keeps going for our business for, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, even like, you know, a couple of years, I mean, I I would have felt very fortunate to have connected with every single person that I got an opportunity to. And, um, and one of our core values at you gurus is to help first. And so we always, you know, I just kind of have that mindset when I approach every interaction is, is how can I help this person? You know, I mean, it's great if they go to our programs. I mean, sometimes people come in and we talk to them and we're like, Hey, you know, maybe we're not a great fit, but here we can do this for you or, or something like that. We've had some people that have gone through, um, our program that had, clear you know when you really get to know your customers like something kind of crazy happens when we were just selling video courses we didn't really get to know like people's baggage and now that we're like having these very real conversations we have come across some very i mean we're we're just about at a thousand graduates um i think when i ran the number yesterday it was like 964 or something like that so you take almost a thousand people a population and things that only affect, you know, a very small percentage of the population, like 1% or half a percent or something like that, um, you know, we're, we've, we've come into contact with that very, very real hardcore life situations. And so, you know, getting exposed to that on a regular basis, I think it keeps me humble. And, and we've, you know, as a company, we've really tried to, to, to bend the rules at, at times or, or really help people with however, however we can, even if it's not with their, their business stuff. So I, I'm sure a little bit's just, who I am. Um, I think we all probably in the business world and entrepreneur world, for the most part, keep a little bit of a filter on. I think some entrepreneurs, yeah. you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, very little filter, right? Um, <laughs> no filter. Uh, Tony no. Robbins, probably, you know, a kind of a filter, but not really like very like intentional speech and a very intentional, but, but kind of a, a strange filter. Cause he goes kind of off the cuff a lot. Um, you know, and then there's, there's other people that I've, you know, followed, you know, and learned from for a long time that are probably very heavily filtered, like Patrick Lencioni or Gino Wickman and, and those types of guys who, you know, you really don't get to learn a whole lot about them outside of outside of what their program or their their platform yeah. is. And and because you are the, the front man for what you do, um, and there's you know, people are relying on you for their salaries, um, your 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 message is is really important. And if it if it doesn't strike a chord with with enough people, 
Um, but some people are drawn to, um, you know, the hard sell and some people are drawn to the more sort of softly and gently and some, some like, you know, it, we're, we're all different. But I, I, I just thought it was um, a question worth asking. Right, one more, one more. Uh, so let's say that electricity goes away. How, 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 I don't know how that <laughs> happens. What would you do? Um, what, would you, what, would, what would become your career? If the, I'm saying electricity goes away. I was really thinking about there's no online anymore. But okay, so yeah. imagine there's no computers. Where, what kind of things do you think to yourself in your idle moments? Boy, I want to become a sheep farmer or something like that. <laughs> Well, I mean, so my, my wife and I have been looking at, uh, they call them gentlemen's farms, right? So like a hobby farm. Um, I have <laughs> had chickens right. um, in my backyard. So, I mean, that's, I think not now because I'm, I'm really busy with work. We would like to do that now, but I think it's going to be, you know, seven to 10 years from now. But it's something that we're doing the research and starting to look into. Um, but look, I, I, I like to write. Sometimes my business, it's kind of like almost at some levels of punishment for success that I don't get to always do those things that I, I, I personally love doing because I have responsibilities to the business. Um, but, but writing has always been um, something that has recurring, you know, come up for me. So so I love to write. If I just got to do that for the rest of my life, I think that would be amazing. Um, and, and, and the other thing, probably if I was really forced to, to do something, uh, when I was uh, growing up, I went to a scuba diving camp from when I was 8 to 18 every summer for a month. And that oh. was a very uh, unique experience where, you know, I was you know, got certified very young, got certified in all sorts of things like underwater photography, videography, underwater ecology, got my advanced and master divers and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, so, but if electricity wasn't there, I don't know if we'd still be able to scuba dive. <laughs> but like free diving, I think free diving, free diving instruction would be great. Uh, or maybe I would be a, a, a professional bi- bicyclist, but I'm not, I'm not good enough yet to get to that point. I probably, oh, I oh well, you know, let's your ailments that are, uh, maybe would keep me from that, but but I think there's you know some some stuff there that I really enjoy. Let's pray that the electricity fails. <laughs> and you can you can return to the water um, and get your bike out. Hey, that was that was interesting. I'm so that was so nice. Just a real a complete change from the last one that we did last week. Um, so I'm I'm going to knock it on the head there. That's an English expression, I think, possibly meaning that's the end. Um, so I'm going to say thank you so much for joining us over the last couple of weeks, Brent Weaver from You Gurus. Is there anything that you want to just say as a final parting thing? Where can we find you? What's your Twitter handle? All of that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, probably the best thing. Um, if you, if you are interested in anything that I said more on the first episode or the second episode, I mean, happy to have you guys email me, brent at yougurus.com. That's U-G-U-R-U-S.com. Um, we've got a couple of video courses. I mentioned some of that in, in the first episode as well. Um, I'm always happy with with being on podcast to give uh, our web design sales kit um, to, to the listeners uh, for free if you just shoot me an email and also happy to set up like an intro call or a strategy call with you as well if you guys are, are looking to learn more about you gurus that's cool thank you uh brent and hopefully uh somebody will in fact reach out and and you know find you from our podcast it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for joining us nathan my pleasure and our ending fact this week or our term is information architecture this is a term that's banded around a lot but it doesn't really mean that much to me do you know it nathan well i know it in as much as you know, probably as much as most people do. Information architecture for me really is just about writing down the order of things and and making a visual representation of where things are going to go on the site and what bit of information needs to be sucked in to present that 
present on that page and so on, but that's probably wrong. <laughs> I think it's right. I looked up the definition for it, so and I, I slimmed that down. It's the semantic layout of content and information on a website. So the organization of information is um, what pages go, where, what content is contained on each page, and how each of these interact with other pages. So I'm guessing this is kind of a little bit linked in with what we do with wireframing. So when we're talking about information architecture, I guess we're doing that, aren't yeah. we? Well, I before I do a wireframe, I do um, a site map, which basically is information architecture. So I present them with a very boring set of squares and the squares are about home, you know, contact us and so on. And then um, it just shows where they live within the site. So I'll draw the, the, the menu hierarchy, if you like. And that's my yeah. that's my take on information architecture. I don't yeah. really go too much into the detail. But for example, if I was, um, I don't know, building an, a real estate website, I might say, you know, in the um, house listing page, there'll be an image and there'll be um, some text and there'll be a, a button but that would be the level that I'd go to. So yeah, I keep it very simple. Yeah, maybe it links in also with uh, something else that some agencies do, which is card sorting exercises where they, you know, pull together all of their small bits of information and start to rearrange it in some kind of way. I guess that also fits under information architecture. Anyway, yeah. so just one of those fancy words, isn't it, that you can uh, sort of alienate your clients with? Yes, perfect. Instead of saying sitemap, which they'll absolutely understand, you can use <laughs> yes. the word information architecture to make yourself sound very impressive. Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, that's done. Right, we'll, um, we'll round this episode off then, and um, I will fade in the cheesy music, as always, yeah. and say goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. And goodbye from me, David Wonsey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.